listening to Bean Stuff. Today we are talking on our second second part in the series we're going to do on cupping. Um, and today we're going to be talking more about the procedure and uh, what you're actually going to be doing in that cupping. Yeah, I mean, we've I've that's something I learned right from the beginning and needed to learn as a roaster. And it is something I found it so important. You've got to be doing this. It's like having a left and right hand. You've got to have both. Right. I mean, it is such a, as we talked about in the last episode, it is really crucial to everything you're doing as a, as a roaster, as a, uh, even as a consumer of coffee. Um, so what do we mean by cupping procedure? Um, Dad, I think you had an example of a flat tire. Was that correct? Oh, I did. Yes. It was, it was that whole thing of, you can know about, I need to change a flat tire. You've heard about it from your dad or your mum. But when it comes to change a flat tire, you're out there in the, in, I'm going to say the wop wops, <laughs> uh, the boonies, <laughs> the, um, we, you need to know the procedure. What is step one? And you suddenly go, mm. I don't know what step one is. I don't know where to start when I change my tire. And cupping is very similar. Where do you start? You know, you've never been told. Right. And I mean, yesterday we went, or <laughs> yesterday we recorded it, but it might not come out in that sequence, but we recorded in and we kind of talked about our general scope, but we didn't really go into too much of the details of the actual, you know, what do you need? What do you do? And what, at what points? Um, yeah. So this is kind of the nuts and bolts of, you know, how are we actually cupping? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is setting up for the cupping. Um, and we, uh, well, we'll get to the math in a second here, but, uh, the first thing that's might, you know, it's, it seems fairly obvious, but is, is having clean, dry cups that are the correct size. That's right. And it seems obvious, but, uh, you'd be surprised you can wash cups and find it's got residue there. And when you cup coffee, you want everything to be the same time in, time out. You want right. it to be clean every time. Otherwise you will very faintly may even taste something that was in there once before. And I think what's also important is the cup size. As we took, I think we mentioned it in the last episode, but was that the, the the cups need to be seven to nine ounces as far as how much they can hold, and then they need to be uh, a three and a half to three inch mouth for for the opening of it, so we can get the right fragrance and all those. You know, we can smell correctly there. Um, and, and they even need a certain diameter on the top, so that when you put your nose down, you, right, you can actually smell something. That's the mouth that we. Three. You said that. You said yeah, that. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Reed. <laughs> um, uh, and then Did we, I say about the diameter of the cup top? No, but we should talk about the diameter of the cups. <laughs> um, Carry on. But uh, the other thing is going to be you need so you need those the cups for the actual coffee. But you also need some extra cups for the spoons. You need extra cups for the spoons that you're going to put hot water in, and you're going to dip that in every time. So there's no cross contamination. You also need a couple of cups. Depends how much that you can um, spit out into the cups. Right. Um, just just the dregs, and you're going to break the crust, and you're going to take the crust off the top. You're going to put that somewhere. Those uh, spare cups are really helpful. Yeah, and those don't have to be obviously be the same. But, no, that's uh, if you're buying cups, you might as well buy them. Just all the same. get them all. <laughs> Um, the next thing you want to do once you have your cups, um, and I would and say, well, how many cups are we going to have? I was just going to say that in a professional cupping, you would always have five cups, and the reason for five now five cups for each coffee that you're cupping, or five cups for each coffee. So if you if you're going to going to cup two different coffees, you're going to compare two coffees, you're going to buy two coffees, whatever it may be. If you've mm. got, for instance, a Sumatra and a Costa Rica. We, you will um, have five cups of Sumatra and you'll have another five cups of uh, Costa Rica, all the same. 
Gotcha. And those are almost like, I think of it like five samples. So you, you get five individual samples so you can kind of rule out any anomalies that might come up and you can also measure consistency. Consistency is there too. One's exactly the same. It's going to be the grind size is going to be exactly the same. But as you said, if there's one, um, you're going to grind them all separately too, rather than grind it all at the same time. You're going to Mm. grind it separately so that you can find if there's any, if there's a defect in there, you want to know about it. If it's just one cup, that's not going to be as bad. If it's in all all uh, five cups, it's uniform right. right across the board. That this has got a defect in it. Absolutely, and I think um, you had said that in what you just said, but weighing out the coffee. So we're going to put the correct amount of whole bean coffee, as far as weight, into each physical cup. So each cup has uh, the right weight in it. And we looked it up, and with like the Roasters Guild, they clarify 150 grams of coffee per no no it's 8.5 grams of coffee. <laughs> that's a lot of coffee <laughs> <laughs> per 150 mil milliliters yeah, of water that's correct um and you're going to find that every cup's different you want the same cups you were using but as right. long as you uniform on the five cups you have we um you could have a uh, 150 mil cup with 8.5, but you may find you've got a 200 mil cup. So therefore, how much coffee do you put in? You know, it's going to be a little more than 8.5 because right. you've got more water going on there. Yeah. And Reed and I had a we wonderful... far too long. Far too long. It was like going back into middle school algebra. It was. And it reminded <laughs> me of that very much. That, oh, man, this is like a nightmare. But the, the equation we, we eventually summarized to... Uh, is basically you take your cup size in milliliters. And just to say how you do that, you will put your cup on a, a, a scale and you'll tear it so it's zero. Then you'll mm-hmm. pour water into it till it's right at the brim, just you know at the top. And that mills is going to be pretty equivalent. Well, that's going to give you grams. That yeah. will give you milliliters. No, you know, what I'm saying it's going to be equivalent to grams. Right. So Sorry, yes. you weigh it, but it's going to be the same as mills, vice versa. Gotcha. And so now you know how much is your cup will take, what, what's the capacity. And if you find it's 150 grams, well, you're going to put 8.5 grams of coffee in. If you find it's 200 grams, what's the formula we found? Well, we found that if you, so if you take the 200, so you can think of 200 as the cup size, how mm-hmm. much your cup contains, and you divide it by 150. Mm-hmm. And then whatever number you get. So in that case, we get 1.33. You times that by 8.5. Mm-hmm. And I think you get like 11.13 or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. But basically you take your size or how many milliliters of water your cup can hold and you just divide it by 150, take that number and multiply it by 8.5. And that's going to give you the amount of whole beans you need in each cup. So then you can put your cup on a scale, tear it, and then put in, you know, in this case, 11.13, or we could have that wrong. But the, the equation well, is that correct. sounds right. And the, what we're doing is we're trying to make a standard here. And he, the standard officially was 150 mils. Therefore, you'll have 8.5 grams. That's why that's in that formula. And now you just, from that formula, you work out, I've got a bigger cup, a smaller cup. You it's work essentially out. just a ratio. We're just moving that up and down, right. scaling it for the we're cup We're probably size. making this way harder than it should be. <laughs> we'll have to put the thing in the show notes as well. Here's what the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> equation like is. Six pages. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All of our scratch notes. Um, and then the other the other thing we're going to want to do as we're starting to get ready. So once you've got the coffee in the cups, the whole bean coffee, it's not ground yet. You're mm-hmm. going to want to set up the rest of the table. And why is why do we want the rest of the table set up before we grind the coffee, Dad? Oh, that's because once you start the timer, once you put the hot water in, you start the whole process of cupping, 
you won't have to stop and suddenly set up the table and do other things. The water, the temperature is changing, the coffee flavor is changing. So you want to have right. it all ready to go. So when you push the timer and the hot water starts going in the coffee, you are ready. It's like a classic movie where you have a, a bomb with a timer on it. Once you uh, once you start grinding the coffee, that timer is kicked off, and there's nothing you can do. And the explosion, obviously, in this case, is the the cupping experience. Right. It's not an explosion. Wonderful explosion. Yeah, explosion <laughs> flavor. Exactly. <laughs> um, so when we're setting up the rest of the table, you may want to label what coffees are what. Obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but when you're cupping, the five cups that are next to each other are going to be all the same coffee. And then if you have another coffee, you'll, coffee, you'll have another set of five cups. And you may or may not want to label those. That's right. They call that in the industry, they call it blind cupping, just that you can't see. So you're not prejudiced in terms of, oh, mm. I love Sumatra coffee. This is going to get a high score compared to the what Costa Rica you got next to you there. Yeah. So, well, Typically, like we talked when, about in the other episode, it takes kind of that subjectivity exactly. out of it a little and bit. you're wanting to do that. I would start by labeling it just to get used to it and and get the, the procedure uh, underway, what temperatures, is the water boiled, all these things mm-hmm. that you're going to be doing. And then then you can start moving quickly to blind cupping. Blind cupping, it's it, it's it, it, I sometimes get confused by it because what, what are you going to do? You're not going to be blind. You're going to see stuff, but you're going to put a label underneath the cup. You, uh, we do it by putting, um, getting the bags. If we've got two coffees, we'll turn them around, mm. mix them up, put a number on each of them, and then that number, if it's number one, we'll put it back with number one and number two with number two. Right. You'll work that out, but uh, yeah. And blind. I think that's all part of the process. The other thing is having all your spoons in the right place. We talked about having a separate cup for your spoons, um, but just getting those out so everything's ready once the coffee's ground. We start that that process. Yes. Um, forms and pens. Uh, one of the things that we uh, encouraged in, in the last time we talked about cupping was the taking of notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple different uh, different apps out there. There's I some... know of two. There's, I think it's called Catador and there's another one that was a more original mm. cupping. I can't remember what it was called actually, <laughs> but we used it a lot. And it was Both those relate to the SEA, the Specialty Coffee Association, form mm. very clearly and it just makes it all easier. And I will say we'll put a link to the SEA a uh, sheet as well because it's got a really good sheet of it is it's free you can just pick it up and, um, and that's what print you it use, out right you use that we do sheet. always yep it's it's yeah. just and get used to one sheet and there's a lot of them out there Intent, intelligentsia has one uh, uh what's the one i have here of obsessive coffee whatever that you know they all have the different ones and they're all pretty good just keep with one and as and long as you're consistent with learn, what you're using yeah. to measure all of your cupping so that way they can equally be compared to each other i should say by that that's a book coffee obsession i was trying to get out and that's a good book for generally if you want to know a little bit about coffee and know that it's correct what it's saying that's a good one yeah no we've definitely you've been pulling some good information from that Mm -hmm. uh, even this weekend yes (laughs) (laughs) um and then the other thing is a timer. You're going to want to have a timer so we can time the extraction uh, process, all those different uh, pieces there. And then something that uh, you may not think about, you may not need it, uh, but a place to spit out your coffee. You may be thinking, why would you want to spit out your coffee? But, Dad, I think when you were in Brazil, 
How many cups of coffee did you taste in a day? Oh, a lot. We had up to 80, <laughs> 80 different coffees, and that's 80 wow. times five cups each, and it gets a lot of coffee, and you want to, they call it a spittoon. They're wonderful looking things. But, uh, Are they really that wonderful? Well, until you have to empty them. <laughs> but uh, the um, having just a, a spare cup that you can spit out the water so you don't have to drink too much. I don't think if you're doing this at home, it's not going to be such a problem because you're not going to be doing no. a lot. So And... One part of the cupping, the aftertaste, you need to swallow it to see what the aftertaste is like. Right. And I think that, the, again, for, if you're doing home cupping, it's not as crucial because, yeah. you know, you're more likely to want to just enjoy the coffee as mm-hmm. well. But in a, in a professional setting, that can be a thing because you, you might be tasting, like you had said, 80 different cups mm-hmm. of coffee or, or however many. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to add to how much coffee you're having a day. So a place to do that if you need to. Um, once you've got kind of that, that I think of it like the structure, like mm-hmm. once you've got the, once you've got everything in place to, to then do the next section, uh, you can move to that. And that's, Did we say about even the table we might have mentioned on a, a previous episode? We talked about it in the other episode a little bit, but having the correct table um, size and stuff height. like that can help. Not particularly the height, just so you're not bending down too low and it's yeah. just, you can just sip it straight away and straight to your mouth and there's no gap. Yeah. And we do have some more on that in the, uh, our previous episode. Um, that you can take a look at. But uh, the next thing would be grinding. Uh, and a super important process in coffee. We have an episode on grinders mm-hmm. as well. I'm sure we've mentioned it it's several important. times, but it is an extremely important part. Uh, and actually something that I don't know why I didn't think about it, but you had said take a little bit extra from the coffee that you're going to be cupping, put it through your grinder. You want to purge that grinder. Before you, you know, you're not going to use any of those grounds for actually cupping, but you're just going to use those, like you said, to purge it and to clean it out. Mm-hmm. You've got some coffee leftover residue there from previous coffees. You want to make sure it's the same coffee coming through. And right. you're going to, the grinder, you're going to tap, you're going to bang on it to make sure everything's out. Um, and yeah. so then you're ready to grind for your five cups. Like on, you know, at home, you're not necessarily going to see it, but on some professional or you know, industrial kind of grinders, you have a little thing on the side you can tap do do? and it taps everything in there and yep. loosens up all the loose loose grind. And then do we grind the cups all at the same time or individually, Dad? Individually. And um, why, why is that? You want to grind them individually. One, so you get the 8.5 correct every time. And But also, if there is a, a defect of some type in there, if there's an insect defect, if you know there's a mold in there, whatever, there's lots of different defects, you want to make sure it may be just one bean, and that one bean will just be in one cup as such, rather than in all cups. And when we grade the coffee, when we you come to our form, if you're going to look at, at one part of that, that one category is on defects. If it has no defects, wonderful, you're going to get 10 points. If you have a defect, you're going to get two points per cup. Right. So if it's only one cup, you're only going to get two points taken off you. So that's, that's better than having 10 points of all five cups uh, have a defect. Yeah, and that was a lot of scoring just now. So sorry, sorry, <laughs> I get carried away. <laughs> but well, and I guess to kind of tack onto that, we will add um, again a link to the SEA mm-hmm. uh, sheet with the scoring that you're. Yeah, they have about. A, they have a good sheet there too on just the procedure that we're sort of talking about here. Mm. The cups also. Um, you want to do it one at a time, and so you'll grind put your 8.5 beans that you've already weighed out. You'll put them in the top of the grinder or whatever you do, grind that out and tap it, whatever. And then you will put the next five, 8.5 grams in and mm. do, as you say, do separate cups for each of them. And then those cups go out. Make, you know, I always think when you're cupping, one of the biggest things, and in roasting too, actually, is having a sequence and sticking to it. If you get out of mm. sequence, you can get so confused. Now, I'm always worried when I'm cupping, 
if if I do a blind cupping and I've mixed the bags up, I don't want to mix the farmer's bags up because right. one farmer I'm saying is really bad. Actually, it's really good. I just labeled it wrong. And I think that's another, you know, to having everything set up before you grind because that gives you just less chaos when you mm-hmm. go to actually put it together. Yeah. Um, and then with the, sh- you know, this is a good time to make sure your sheets are ready and to have those and to have that in place because once we've ground it, and it's in the cups. So let's say we're doing two coffees. So we've got five cups of Guatemala and five cups of Ethiopia on one side. Um, we want to now smell the the ground coffee. That's but right. We don't want to disturb it, do we? That's right. And that's that's been a recent thing last few years that uh, I've noticed uh, professionally. Yeah. We will put the cups out and we don't touch the cups with our hand. They now are why, on the table. Why would touching it affect it at all? Typically what you do, you some people someone will pick up the cup in their enthusiasm, mm. bring it up to their nose, even give them a little shake and things. Right. That little shake even seems the word little. Sometimes the, the puff of fragrance is gone. The next person that comes doesn't get the same intensity because mm. you've you've it's all left in your nose. Right. And they don't have it anymore. So we leave the cups on there and we do this thing called bending. <laughs> we bend over and we go down to the Depending coffee. Depending on the height of your table. That's correct. So you, some of you're just going to bend your neck. <laughs> and uh, and you're going to get your nose as close as you can because you want to smell the coffee. Mm. And in this particular part where we're talking about the fragrance, which is the dry ground, right. you're smelling the coffee. And I would say, from my experience and talking to people in the industry, you, I've heard anywhere between 75 and 80 to 85% of the actual quality of the coffee, you're going to know it through your nose. So this part is often glossed over, but it's probably the part you need to spend time on, learn the language, the descriptive terms, write it down, because this is probably the best time you're going to actually learn and think about that coffee. And I think it's something we don't often do in our daily consumption of coffee is to think about the ground coffee. Uh, but it is important not to not to stir it, not to just, you know, take the aroma away from that, you know, for the next person coming, um, or if you want to smell it again. That's um, right. To, to kind of look at that. And it is, get your nose in. I know I've, when we've done cuppings together, you've, you'll come up sometimes and your nose will have a little bit of ground well, coffee on yeah, it. And <laughs> that's right. I, I don't, do, if I do that, I have to get my nose really low because these are dry grounds. So it's fragrance at this point. True. I might be thinking of the wet stuff. You're getting the wet, which is the aroma, which if you get nose, uh, if you get coffee on your nose, when it's wet and the water's up the top, mm. that's a good sign <laughs> in capping. It's a good sign. Um, You're into so, it. So now that we've 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 smelt appropriately, so we haven't disturbed the aroma, but we've smelled the grounds um, in the cup, the next thing to do is to add the water. So we're, we're going to want to boil that water. And then, you know, you have a glass kettle at home where you can see it rolling on the boil but mm-hmm. once it's done boiling if you can't see the bo- the rolling part of that boil you're going to want to let it sit for a little bit correct yeah once you see the bubbles disperse and start slowing right down you know it's unless you've got a thermometer which is not a bad idea but uh, you want it to be like 195 200 in there and mm. need it off the boil if it, you don't want it boiling it was just going to scorch and burn the coffee and you won't smell what the coffee's quality is gotcha so we, we definitely want to let that rest for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you want to pour the water into the cups. And you want to, uh, I think we had talked about earlier, but having multiple people doing that can be helpful because that way you get as much water into all the cups as soon as possible. At the same so time. Kinda, yeah, mm-hmm. an even brewing time. Um, and at home, that may not, you've just maybe just doing one coffee, which you'll have, just only have five cups. You'll start at the beginning. Really important as you put that first water in with your other hand, you start the timer. 
Yeah. Because this is the, what you were talking about, the the, the countdown. Mm. And uh, this is going to be help you, guide you through the coffee, and you can't stop at once you've pushed the timer. Right. Lighten the fuse. Yep. Um, and is there any specific way we need to pour that, that water into the cup with the grounds? I would pour carefully. <laughs> because the the cup is so small, if you go too fast, you've got a big kettle, then uh, or jug as I would call it, you it's something that can water because plop out, and suddenly you've got coffee mm. everywhere. Having a little gooseneck or something, some other pouring instrument may mm. not be a bad idea. Watch the temperature though, because if you've poured it from the kettle now, it's boiling mm. off boil. You put it to the the gooseneck um, kettle transfer, uh, yeah, yeah, and then then you put it. <laughs> And if your cups are cold, it's going to change the temperature. Hugely. So so all these things all play into it. Do we need to swirl or anything like that as we pour it in? Yeah. And you do. You just do a very slow turn, um, circular motion into the cup. And uh, the the major thing you're trying to do here is make sure all the grounds are wet. You want little pockets of dryness in there. So you may go around, see, or one bit's not. You'll just go over there and make sure water gets poured on it. And you want it to bring it right to the top before it overflows. That's pretty, you, you, sometimes it will overflow. That's (laughs) all right. But you'll get good at this and you'll stop and it'll be perfect. And you want each cup of those five cups to have the same amount of water. Don't say, oh, Mm. you know, you know, saying, oh, I don't need as much in this or you run out of water. That's another part of the preparation. Make sure you have enough water that you've boiled. I've been there before. (laughs) And I can start again. Back, There's yeah. not, you've got to start again and you grind everything again because I didn't have enough water in my kettle to boil. Right. And I think that that's a huge thing that I would be, I would say, be less afraid of making a mess than than getting the right amount. You know, like it, it's okay if it, a little bit goes over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever been to a cupping that you've been doing that we haven't spilled a little bit. You know what I mean? I uh, like, yeah, I think you're right. There used to be an old McDonald's, I think it was a McDonald's commercial that said, if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't deserve to be in your face. Whoa. I think okay. you're talking about the Big uh, Mac. But I yeah. think of that with coffee. <laughs> like it's you're gonna it's kinda like you're you're getting you're going elbow deep into this coffee realm. Mm-hmm. You're going to get into it. I'm a bit of a nerd sometimes. When I, if at the first cup I spill a little bit, it just goes over. I make sure I spill a little bit in the next four <laughs> cups just so it's all even and standard. That's uh, how important the standardized is. Well, it, is. it is. Yeah. No, it is crucial. So we've got the hot water in there that's come off the boil. The next thing we're going to want to do is wait three to five minutes. When you're doing your cupping, Dad, how, how long are you typically waiting? I mean... Again, if you go to special coffee, they will talk between three and five, uh, five minutes. We always do four and just do the same thing every time. Right. Four's for us has worked out well and we get used to that taste. So the next coffee we do next week and next year, it'll be four minutes again and is giving it a fair play saying this coffee is the same one mm. as last year. It's a different lot. It's grown differently. Right. But we're going to give it four minutes just like we did last year and to see how it compares. And my question, have you... Have you ever changed that number after years and years of cupping? Have you ever gone and changed the number, or I mean, like if you find, ah, oh, you know what, five minutes sounds is actually better, or have you have you pretty much remained at four minutes? The only time we've changed it is if we've forgotten to push the timer at the beginning, <laughs> and that's how important that is. You do it, yeah. But our goal is always four minutes, and I've been doing it fifteen years, and it's always been four minutes. Yeah, and I think that's important because, like you said, if you're comparing coffee from this year as opposed to next year or whatever it is, um, you want to make sure you're grading it on the same scale. So. Uh, yeah, fill the cups. And again, you're using cups that are within the measurements that we've already kind of talked about. And so filling the cup means we're getting the correct amount of water because um, we've also measured the grounds that we're putting mm-hmm. in. So we're getting the right ratio um, 
And then while that is brewing or extracting for four minutes or anywhere from three to five, mm-hmm. and again, that's something to play with. Yep. Um, we're going to be smelling the wets, uh, the wet ground coffee. That's right. It's <laughs> it's hard to explain this on a podcast in one way, but yeah, you get three chances to smell the coffee, mm. and what you're wanting to do, it's going up, you know, up the nasal and going up to your hypothalamus up there, the brain, which is actually funny enough, the hypothalamus. I don't know too much about this, but it's very close to the memory center, what our memories, and therefore, um, smells and memory are very close together, and so what you say is what you remember. And uh, and that's what you're trying to do with cupping. You're trying to bring on the experience and remembering what's was this like last time? How's it different to last time? And you're sort of pulling out of your memory. So that's going up the nasal passage up towards the hypothalamus up there, and uh, you're smelling the coffee. And voila, you're thinking mm. about the coffee rather than just glazing over. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that that's yeah that's important again. Slowing down, thinking about the process. Um, that's the image I was looking for. We've got a, a bunch of different images here on the table. So if you're listening on the podcast, you won't be able to, <laughs> to be able to hear it. But uh, I'll hold it up to the camera here. And I'll put a link to this uh, picture in the uh, podcast notes as well. But it just kind of shows some of the the scents uh, or, or when you're smelling, like you talked about, the different ways we intake that. Um, so once we've smelled that dry, or sorry, the wet coffee. Now it's first wet. Now you're talking about aroma. When it's wet, it's aroma mm. now. Changes the gases, how it's working. Yeah. Um, the next thing we're going to want to do is to break the crust. Yeah, that's a that's a good term, and uh, it's as it says, you're breaking through the coffee, the, and it's, it has formed some sort of a crust on top. All the ground coffee kind of floats yep. to the top, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of, some are still down the bottom, and you want to leave the bottom stuff there. You don't want to start stirring the whole cup up, uh, cup up, and that will just cause problems <laughs> it's not yeah you're not stirring your cereal and your exactly and, your and you're not you know putting sugar in there and just trying to get it all dissolved in there no so no what's the right way to stir it then well keep the uh, we find to to break the crust mm. you are going to put your spoon that you have and you're just going to put it like halfway in so it's i don't know how you vertical so it's you've got it goes down it goes mm. halfway in and you just go one way whichever way you want just keep going one two, three, that's 360 degrees. You go completely around the top of the cup. Don't let your hand go down and start stirring up stuff to sludge down the bottom here. <laughs> no. Just on the top. And here's the trick, mm. and you'll get better at this, is your nose almost wants to be touching that spoon. Like you say, you're almost going to get coffee on your nose. Sometimes you will get coffee on your nose. Because you're going to be smelling while you're stirring. That's right. Because there's this puff of aroma comes up, and once that puff's gone, it's gone, and you can't come back and do it again. Right. There's no coming back. After that's, after that's been done. So you need to make sure you're up close. You're stirring it three times around the cup um, to, to fully and properly break that crust. And there is going to, like you said, there's that aroma there that you're going to miss if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. And once you've done that, you can't come back and redo it because it's gone. <laughs> right. It's not going to re-brew in there and puff out again. <laughs> um, then the, the next thing you want to do is you want to prepare the cup to cup. That sounds good. Yes, <laughs> you do. And and now you do want to get rid of that uh, crusty layer on top, just mm. on top. And I just exaggerate that a little bit. Right. And the best way, something, one spoon's going to be easy, two spoons is way easier. And you can look at stuff online or this sort of thing, but you take the two spoons at the, the front on mm-hmm. the top of the coffee and you just sort of scoop them across. 
and you bring them up and put them into that empty cup that we had at the beginning. It goes in there, and then the spoon will go into your hot water. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we said that the two cups is going to have that, some of that boiling water. Or yeah, whatever water. you have for your extra spoons, you want to make sure that's also hot water. So once you've done, once you've filled all your cups, go ahead and fill, fill two cup. more cups at least yeah. with that hot water. And that spoons that you've just scooped across the top, you're going to put it um, into that empty cup. Bring it out and then just dip it in the hot water. You're just going to rinse it off in case. T- so when you go to your next cup, you're not cross-contaminating. You're not bringing one flavor right. to the next cup. Hopefully, they're going to be the same flavors. And this is why we also, you know, you can also use this for wherever you, you know, spit into or put the coffee you don't want to drink. You can also put the crust of the coffee in that as well. Um, if you don't, you may also want to have another cup for that. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, we're going to be rinsing them off in the hot water just to make sure that when we go to the next cup, we're not bringing something from another cup. And that's something you will do. All the time, you'll keep your spoon, and every time you go into the cup and come out of the cup, mm. you'll go into the hot water immediately, every time. It's a good habit to get into. Yeah, even cup to cup in the same coffee is important. Exactly, important. Um, and yeah, so now that we've got, now that we've prepared the cup, so we've got no crust on it, it's brewed for the right amount of time, we've smelled the wet, we've smelled the dry. One other tip I wanted to throw in there, I think, you, I mean, I'm sure that you told me about it, but that it was revolutionary for me was between smelling things, whether it's whether it's dry or it's wet, go ahead and sniff sniff your sleeve. Yeah, it's a it's a, actually it seems a bit of an odd thing to say, but it's been one as you said, revolutionary for me. I funny enough learnt this when I was been doing my first calibration uh, first Q grader course. Yeah. And it wasn't from the lecturer, not that he taught us too much. <laughs> but one of the guys mentioned it who was also doing the course with me and he says, I find if I do this and I tried it and he was so correct when we're doing a triangulation, we're doing cupping. You just smell your your sleeve and your sleeve of your shirt or your clothes don't doesn't smell so good. Just smell the person next to you. <laughs> I don't really suggest that. But uh, just to neutralize things so as you go on to the next cup, it yeah. helps a level playing field. You're it, back to normal again. It really clears out your smeller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really awesome way to do that. And you, I, I don't know, for me, sometimes if I go from one coffee to a different coffee, I can smell differences. But without doing that, I don't feel like I get all mm-hmm. of the differences. It's amazing. I hadn't thought of this, but I find it really helpful. Also, a little um, tip that you can try sometimes is mm. when you're eating something, just put your hand up and block your nose so you can't smell and see if you can taste the food or the drink that you're having. Yeah. And I will guarantee you won't be able to taste it. That's how important the nose is. It's always involved in smelling. We think it's the taste buds, which are involved. Right. But it's really your nose that's with your taste buds gives you the smell and able to, to talk and describe your coffee. And I think that that kind of steps, you know, into a, into a, uh, into a, a part of cupping where it's not just smelling the, the dry or the wet, but even while you're just sipping the coffee or slurping it, it's also important to maintain, um, you know, smelling your sleeve or smelling your arm, that kind of stuff. That's right. And it's interesting that once again, it's if you if you, that diagram you showed us before, the smell goes up to the hypothalamus up there, mm. um, to the olfactory cells, and uh, that's all part of the nasal odor. But when you actually taste the coffee and it goes over your over your palate, over your taste buds on your tongue, yeah, there's actually some. Um, 
a fragrance or aroma that comes up the back and goes, and they call it retronasal odor. Hmm. And that also goes up, and that's a third time, if not more, that you can smell it through your brain, through your nose. So you mm. actually smell it. Even though you think you're tasting, you're actually smelling as well, which is why I say hold your nose and see if you can smell. It's it's powerful. how or It's amazing how powerful scent is. Um, and we're kind of to the last... Wow. Last stage, we don't, I don't think we put clean up in here, but it is a part of that. But yeah. before we get there, um, I, I I labeled in our show notes slurping coffee because I don't know. Oh, and, yeah. We uh, need to talk about it. So we don't just drink it. No. We, it's, yeah. You're not at a cafe just sipping your coffee. And to preface this, temperature, temperature, temperature. Mm-hmm. It's like time, time and temperature are your friends and your enemy because both of them are going to change and you have no control over. And yeah. it's going to make it to where the coffee is optimal and good, but it's also going to make it to where it could taste completely different. That's um, right. And you want to, uh, professionally, we'd always, you'd always at least taste the coffee three times. And, and mm. you're going to taste a lot more than three times, but temperature-wise, you can taste at least hot, medium, and cold. You don't want to taste it boiling because you just burn your lips and burn your <laughs> burn off taste, taste buds. But yeah. Exactly. And you won't taste anything. That's just ruined the, the whole experience. Right. But as you get to the cold part, you're going to notice more things you wouldn't have noticed when it was hot. Defects are particularly going to come out there. And if there's something wrong with that coffee, it's got diesel in there mixed with, um, you'll notice, oh, I can taste that definitely when it's cold. It's just horrible. Yeah. I've never tasted diesel in coffee, by the way. <laughs> but you can smell it, which is part of the taste. There you go. But uh, So once the temperature is correct, and again, we're going to want to kind of start focusing on the coffee again. We're not just drinking it for enjoyment. We are trying to... Uh, at least professionally, trying to grade this um, objectively. Um, so start looking at your notes again. Start looking at the different categories. And actually, I've got a copy of the sheet that we can link to here. Um, obviously, you, anybody listening won't be able to see it, but I've got it on the uh, the old camera here. But uh, we've got a sheet here, and there's, there's, there's a bunch of different categories. And so you're going to want to start looking at that again just to make sure you are remembering what you're tasting for. You know, you're not just tasting for... Oh, does this taste good? You know, that's part of it. That's but right. Flavors, flavors. If anything, you 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 cup coffee every day, and usually all you're thinking about is the flavor, and even then you're not thinking about the flavor. But right. uh, there's another nine sections, nine categories you need to look for <laughs> other than flavor. So uh, we're going to be at a future podcast look at going into depth what some of those categories are, right. whether it's acidity, body, balance, whatever it may be, uh, and so that you can actually, we can describe that and talk about that the best we can. Absolutely. Yeah, and so so the first thing you want to do is you want to take a spoon, and again, we talked about it in the last episode, but uh, these spoons are going to be, uh, there are special cupping spoons, mm-hmm. um, and if you're doing it professionally, you will be using one of those, you know, silver-plated or gold-plated um, to not affect the taste, but you're going to want to take a spoonful of mm-hmm. that and I always, I always look. Mm, at, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say it's always like a, a polite when you have a bowl of soup, which <laughs> is a very nice and polite. you're you know very polite like a New Zealander or an Englishman or Australian would be, <laughs> and you're going to go in. I think the politeness, and I, I may not know this to show you that my upbringing may not have been that good, but when you drink a, a soup, you're going to dip the spoon in forwards, and you're going to it's going to be a level. So you'll have a level you of your spoon will be full. The spoon will be full as much as it can take. Mm. Then very politely you bring it up to your your lips, and that's when the slurp comes on. That's when it goes all horribly wrong. The politeness goes out the window. <laughs> the louder, more slurpy you can be, the more you're going to spray 
uh, coffee over your taste buds, but once again, you're going to spray coffee over your taste buds, so you're going to have this, this aroma that's going to go up the nasal passage again, and you're going to smell the coffee through your nose again. Mm. And suddenly, but the, the, the louder, more you, you do that, the more chance you're going to, more ability you're going to have to taste and describe the coffee. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you go to a, a cupping, uh, which I highly recommend you do. Yeah, good idea. Um, good way to start it. You just go to You'll hear a bunch of... <laughs> yep. And people will be very loud. And typically, you know, I think of I think of Bruno. Bruno. Bruno's an incredible cupper. Incredible oh, yes. cupper. And he is a, a very pronounced slurp. And mm-hmm. he, he does such a good job of of really... Exfo- I, not exfoliating, but just spreading out coffee mm-hmm. around his palate. And it's it's... It's fun to be in the room with him. And oh, do it. it is. It's a bit scary to start with him. What is going on? It sounds like a, a 747's <laughs> taking off beside you. But, but you are really going to want yeah, to do and you that. Get, and as you slurp it, you're getting the force of that. It's also getting oxygen and other things right. going, mixing in and just helps you taste it so much better. I remember actually with Brazil, uh, with Bruno, when, being in Brazil, taking those coffees you were talking about before, mm. Brazilians are very good at this. Yeah. And you go into a room of tasters with them and it's almost deafening. (laughs) What is going on? They didn't tell me to bring earplugs. Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is not a time to be shy. This is a time to really, and it it does serve a purpose. I think of it like sticking your thumb over a a fire, not a fire hose, but just a regular garden hose Mm -hmm. and you get that spray effect. You're doing that over your mouth. Whereas if you just are drinking it, you're not, you know, you're not giving your mouth an equal opportunity to taste everything there. Yeah, and I, I look at it as a, I sometimes talk about it as a backwards whistle. Yeah. And uh, where you're yeah. whistling through your lips and you, you purse them up and, and you usually blow out. But if you blow in, and I can't really do this on a podcast, but that's that, it's a, your, your mouth is whole is very small, mm. which gives you the pressure, like you're saying, on the hose. And that just allows you to suck in. Sometimes I've done, it, I've done it through the gap in my front two teeth yeah, here. there you go. And it's kind of this little, I don't know if it's good or not, but I can make it really loud. Oh, well, well <laughs> that's all you need. But, uh, I mean, it's something to practice. It's something to do. Again, we're not doing it, you know, for a joke. It's a serious, that's how you're going to need to do that. And then, you know, kind of like we had mentioned with the sniffing of the sleeve uh, mm-hmm. in between them, sometimes you may want to have uh, bread, seltzer water, something that can neutralize your, your, you know, your tongue, your palate, and your mouth. Uh, between tasting coffees. If you're doing just one coffee with five cups, right. you're probably going to be all right. But if you're doing more than that, if you're going to go from, as I say, from mm. a Sumatran to a Costa Rican coffee, you may want to just grab a little loaf, you know, pluck some bread off that loaf and just swallow that just to neutralize. I was at the Golden Bean competition judging their coffee and they had a table. It was really quite nice, actually. It was almost my lunch. <laughs> but uh, they had lots of pieces of bread. They even had some dry crackers there. Yeah. Uh, water, salsa water, she was saying. Just anything that could help neutralize and just calm down the, the palate for the next taste. Why not, you know, obviously bread that's going to be very plain, not anything, you know, crazy. Same with crackers. And, and I think we had talked about this in the episode as well, but come prepared to cup because you are going to be consuming lots of liquids. You're gonna, you could be eating. Um, you could be standing for a while. So, you know, maybe go to the bathroom before you do it. That kind of thing. Come. Good idea. Because once you start that clock, right, you can't suddenly leave. So, no, exactly. Good idea. So I think those are, is an important detail that's seemingly obvious have some water nearby so you can just keep yourself hydrated there and just uh, not only for hydration but actually for keeping the palate free of flavors you don't want there absolutely um and then once you've done that you know you're in that process you're marking notes and that's kind of the like you said you wanted to taste it hot medium and 
not quite cold, but lukewarm, mm. you know, as it cools. Um, but those, that's kind of our process for cupping. Mm-hmm. Um, past that, it's just, you know, taking notes in each stage and, and being very critical I like objective. Your, yeah, yeah, I liked your suggestion before. Most roasteries, if they should be cupping all their coffees. Right. And, and they, again, may, they may not all have public, but... No, they may do it. Most, some of them will be doing public cuppings. You go to, sometimes you have to pay for them, sometimes you don't, which is, I don't, yeah. Uh, but you could ask, could I, when you cup this roasting day to day, you could I just come in for you know ten minutes and see how you do that? Because that sounds so exciting, and yeah. it is exciting. That's part of cupping. It's fun. Coffee people are nice people. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that that's kind of a, an overview of them, or a little more in depth into the actual procedure of it. Um, in a future episode, we're going to kind of talk or, or deconstruct kind of the the different things you're tasting yeah. for. Um, but uh, that's kind of the procedure. And again, our, our the episode previous was more of an overview of the process as well. Um, so hopefully we'll get more in depth in the next episode, but, uh, thank you so much for, for listening or for watching or however you consumed this content. Um, we actually, you know what? We enjoyed some nice elevator coffee today. We didn't actually, we, we made it and it was so good that we drank it before. Oh, we it was this. gone. <laughs> we were going to do it while we we're drinking. Thank you, thank we're you Cole. Yeah. Thank you, Cole. <laughs> we were, we were going to drink it on the podcast, but uh, it was too good. We <laughs> drank it all. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you so much for making it this far. You're oh, you are at the end of the podcast episode. Okay. Um, but uh, thank you so much. Bye.